Well, not so much. I mean, we lost Brady. So what do I have? You I lost oh. Edelman. Gronk. Do you think he's gone, though? Edelman? Brady says he's just afraid to tell Bill Belichick that, that, he, doesn't, that he wants to go to Tampa. That's awesome. That's what he says. I mean, what does that say about that organization? I mean, they've been good for a long time, but Bill Pel Bill Pel <laughs> Bill Pelican is a scary individual. Yeah, but the proof is in the pudding, bro. Well, yeah. Is he just a is he just a, not a nice man? I feel you're like, winning Super Bowls. Who cares? It's true. It's true. I I feel like I know somebody similar to Bill Belichick, and uh, and he's awesome, but. You definitely don't want to get on the He's wrong bad. side. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, but but the same goes for Brady. He's like, bro, we, we did we did what five championships? We did five Super Bowls. I have five rings. Isn't this enough for you? Yeah. What more do you want, Bill? <laughs> Can you picture them like fighting in the kitchen? <laughs> like, They're both wearing all their rings. He's got Bill uh, Tom Brady's got like an oven mitt. He's on his like throwing hand. <laughs> what else do you want from me, Bill? Is he cooking a meatloaf? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a souffle? Something cool, I hope. Gronk is like spilling drinks in the family room. <laughs> like, God, who invited us? No, no, guy? yeah. He's like doing cannonballs out in the pool. <laughs> Edelman's chopping wood in the backyard just for whatever reason. <laughs> Robert Kraft is getting a massage. Ed, too soon? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the Patriots are going to sponsor this podcast, so I think we're okay. Okay. <laughs> Brad. Brian Marscovetra. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast. This is uh this is really cool. It's not a first, apparently. You've done other podcasts. No, no, no. Uh interviews. I have done <laughs> This is the first <laughs> podcast I've ever done. Is that right? Yes. I'm honored. You're you're the numero uno, dude. It only took 40 years. 40, yeah. Glorious. No one else has ever wanted to talk to me. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Brian, with a Y, I just need to point out. Mm -hmm. It would be cooler if it was an I. I don't hold it against you. you. You can't pick your name. Don't hate me for spelling it right. Okay. And that's the end of the podcast, everybody. <laughs> it's been cool. Shortest podcast ever <laughs> <laughs> um tell me brian if that is your real name where you grew up uh so i was born in new jersey can you uh, be more specific or uh, is it like a, a secret uh hideaway it's, well it's it's a secret town called hackensack <laughs> <laughs> it's a private <laughs> compound called hackensack <laughs> so yeah, I grew up in a town called Bergenfield. I was born in Hackensack. Uh, I moved on my seventh birthday to San Francisco, and then spent a year in Connecticut. And then I've been where in, in Connecticut? Arizona, a little town called called Monroe. Where is it? It's uh near New Haven. I know New Haven. Yeah, you say New Haven. New Haven. I say New, New Haven. Haven. Yeah. Well, well, it doesn't matter. You know, but Akuna Matata. I mean, potato. Anyway, uh, I have roots uh, in Connecticut. You know, I grew up in Western Massachusetts. 
Yeah. Yeah. So my mother was born in uh, Darien, Connecticut. Oh. Yeah. So I've got cousins uh, out there, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, spent a lot of time in Connecticut. CT, baby. Mm. You know, Hartford was the closest uh, major city to me growing up. But there was nothing there. There, it, Same for me, and uh, I've never even been there, to be honest. No kidding? You. Yeah. I hear there's very good pizza in New Haven. Is that Gino's pizza? I couldn't say. Okay. Because you were too young, or what? You, did, you hated pizza, what, it's a thing? No. we. It's, it's kind of funny with, I mean, because pizza from coast to coast is totally different. Correct. So, like, growing up in New Jersey, I had Pizza Town, I think was the place. Oh. And that was, like, you know, your traditional, like, New York. New York style. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving to San Francisco, you we had uh, round table pizza. That and you were, you were in San Francisco proper? Uh, outside, like in the Bay Area. Okay. It was Concord. Okay. But uh, round table pizza, I remember they put like cheddar cheese in the cheese mix. So it was kind of like yellowy uh-huh. on top. Yeah. But it was super good. Yeah. And uh, so now I respect all pizzas. So yes. it doesn't really matter. Chicago you're into also, it. it's great. Yeah, there's no, there's no problem. It's hard to fuck up pizza. I will say, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. I, I feel w- like you're really passionate about this subject. We, I think we tapped, a, we tapped a vein. Well, okay. So I'm Italian, I, and my family started in Naples, Italy. No shit. Okay. The birthplace of pizza. The birthplace. I've had pizza in Naples, bro. And how how was it for you? In fucking credible. Seriously? For like, why? Tell me about tell me about this experience. Because I don't mean to derail your thing, but not a lot of people have had pizza in in Naples. Let me tell you this: the dough, super thin. It was almost crepe like, right? It, and and there wasn't like a distinguishable crust. It was super thin. The, the, the sauce, the pomodoro, you know, super thin, super light, fresh mozzarella di buffalo, right? <laughs> a little basil, flash it in that oven for about three minutes. It comes out. You could roll it and eat it like a, like a, like a fucking um, wrap. It's, it, th- there's no like um, structure to it. It's super light. It was really delicious and it wasn't some bullshit tourist thing like we had the inside scoop on some neighborhood shit it was killing okay continue your story though i'm sure it's great (laughs) that so that's that's a great story that's uh (laughs) that's about what i was expecting when i traveled to italy and i was super excited to visit naples yeah you know my family's birthplace and uh, your father mother uh, my my father's side. Yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, we got to get some pizza. So you went with your father? No, no. I went with my wife. Um, we went down to Naples, spent a day, and it was like, uh, this is an American mistake to make, but we went at like two o'clock. In the afternoon. In the afternoon. Looking for pizza. For pizza. Mm-hmm. Which is siesta. Right. And so we find this place and this... Like old lady was like, oh God. Really? I got to fire up the oven? You want pizza? And for you to. We're like, please, you know, can we. we Por favor. Yeah. Pizza. Por favor. (laughs) So she gives us 
she's like, yeah, okay, okay, fine. So she gives us, um, she just points and like on, on a shelf, it's not refrigerated. It's just like a bookshelf or like a, a shelf in like a gas station. There's a paper plate with like an old slice of pizza on it with like saran wrap on it. And I was like, oh, is this the Naples pizza? She's like, yeah. yeah and, was- and I brought it over to her and I was like, I'm sorry. I was hoping it would be like, like you would make it hot. <laughs> like, and she just points. She doesn't say anything. She just points to this microwave. microwave. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, mm. it's better than nothing. Mm. So I, uh, I microwave it and, uh, my wife microwaves her pizza and there's nowhere to sit. There's nowhere to go. It's like a convenience store or whatever. So we walk outside to the parking lot. And if you can imagine, like going to a, a retail store like a Target or a Walmart, or whatever, and like the entire parking lot is full of garbage, like up to your knees. Whoa! And the reason why is because Strike. there was, yeah, there was a bill like that was like we want to create a new landfill, and uh, everyone was like, "No, we don't want another landfill." Like we, and but the landfill was full, and that's why it was on right. the bill. So they vetoed the landfill and the garbage men got really pissed off and they, uh, they went on strike and they're like, right. well, fine. Like the city's a landfill now. So I enjoyed my piece of Naples pizza. It was like lukewarm and <laughs> standing up oh. to my knees in trash. There were like pigeons, uh, there were uh, pigeons everywhere, uh, rats and stuff. And I was like, what a, let's get out of here. What a <laughs> you know? terrible, I want to come back, terrible come back story. to the States, dude. That's that makes me cry on the inside. And my soul, you don't need to because my soul tears. I'm so happy with the pizza in the states. You know, I got you. I mean, Phoenix is a good pizza town. People people don't realize that. Well, Crispianco, some of the best pizza I've ever Salud, had. Salud, Crispianco. Yeah, and what a gem! It's fantastic. It's, it's way been, it's way better than my experience in Naples. Oh my god! I just for the record. I cry for you. <laughs> But we got a little derailed. As as sorry about that. No, no. This podcast is all about being derailed. Uh, it's one big derailment. It's one train wreck after another, until we both have had enough. I feel right <laughs> at home. <laughs> um. All right. So, so grew up in Jersey. Spent some time in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. What's the family dynamic like? You have sisters. I have three sisters. Yeah. Where so do you fall in this whole mix? I'm right in the middle. So my I got o- two older, two younger, one older, and my younger two sisters are twins. Got you. Oh, I thought you said four sisters. Three sisters. Three sisters. Did I say four? Before I think you said four, or maybe you said one of four. Anyway, I'm not good with numbers. I can't remember. I don't know where we are. <laughs> um, all right. So okay. So you're second. Yeah. The only boy. Got you. Okay. You're out in the Bay Area. What happens next? You're how old? You're seven, you said? Yeah, I lived there until I was about 14. In the Bay Area until you were 14. Nice. Any, uh, anything stick out from that experience? I mean, a lot of stuff. How long is this podcast? It's a 14-day it's uh, <laughs> extravaganza. Uh, dig into the depths. Yeah. Uh, well, we had like... Uh, Probably the most notable thing that stands out is like uh, we had like live-in 
babysitters or like live-in au pairs yeah. that like lived with us. Yeah. And so there was a series of three and there's like a million stories about each, yeah. each one. But well, you, you had mentioned, um, you had mentioned before how, uh, religion kind of had, had an effect on you kind of not necessarily artistically, but, um, how it just affected your upbringing. And oh, it, yeah. is there any connection with that to did that affect what music was being played in the house or what was allowed in the house or or not not, not really so like uh i mean there was a lot of catholic guilt and stuff thrown around but like right that's pretty traditional right that's pretty you know normal in catholic families yeah yeah but like the music in the house my dad was always really musical really? so he uh i st- actually still have it like he made me a, a cassette tape um and it's got like Bruce Springsteen, Michael Jackson, Madonna, all the wow, all the stuff back in the day. So I was probably like five years old, like listening to all the stuff. So he made uh, you a mixtape. Yeah, he's like, this made is, a, these are my jams. Yep, I'm giving this to you, my son. Totally enjoy. It, which is pretty cool. I that's actually, very cool. Makes me want to do that for my kids. Uh, that's that would certain. That's awesome. And I feel like when I lived in California, so like when I started, you know kind of just started becoming a teenager or whatever my older sister got into like metal and she's she was hanging out with like skater dudes and it was a big skate scene in california and stuff and uh i was like probably in the third grade everybody's listening to, like vanilla ice or like mc hammer and i'm like i'm i'm listening to ride the lightning by metallica like i'm like what are you what is that <laughs> have you heard of kirk hammett he's amazing <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah like so it was it so was that was her bag kind of thing so she was a bit older how many years older two years interesting so she was i mean i, I wouldn't say metallica was pop at the time but i guess i guess you could say at that point it was kind of indie quote unquote i it mean was. like well, underground the- a little bit that whole genre i would say at that point was a little bit Sure, yeah. And I think and then when the black album came out, then right. it was like blew our minds. Floodgates. Like, what I is got this? I, I had that tape. Oh Yeah. Bro. <laughs> I thought it was a masterpiece. It I still think it is. I, I've listened to that probably I don't know, hundreds of times, maybe Yeah. Like, what was that, 1992, three? Probably, Somewhere yeah, around something there. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Nirvana came out, all that kind of stuff where we're yeah. just like... Um, Mind blown. Did yeah. you get into the... Uh, the <laughs> did you get into the drug thing? That's not it. The grunge thing? Yeah. What, yeah. what was your band? Uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Uh, I, I've probably seen like 20-something Pearl Jam shows. Shut your mouth. Yeah, I, uh, that was actually that was after I moved to Arizona. I I, uh, I got a group of friends. We're still really close. Uh, we just used to follow them. Around. Yeah, no so, shit. Like, we would buy. We were in the fan club, and the way they structure their fan club is pretty cool. Like, um, the longer you're in it, the better your seats are. So uh, like, they people were, are in it for twenty years, and they're, they're like front and center. They were in front of that shit. I feel like right. Yeah, you know what I'm. Remember them? They didn't want to do the ticket ca- ticket master thing, and they're trying to yeah. print their own tickets, and like this is some bullshit. And uh, yeah, I feel like they they were the first to kind of really modernize your fan club and give it really tangible 
um, not results, but like benefits. Yeah, tangible yeah. benefits. Well, you get like a little like forty-five inch record every year. You get every time they go on tour, you're like, you know, you're going to get a great seat, like great seat. Wow. And so now it's like uh, there was one tour. It's it's kind of funny because like, um, oh man, what is that band? They they used to have like pretty. They used to try to support like smaller bands and stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought they did a good job of, but the crowds were so like bad to the bands yeah and so they were like all right just screw it dude we're gonna have the ramones like yeah boo these guys right right and i'm like dude this is great we have awesome seats to see the ramones wow thank, thank you you know like uh so just stuff like that and i mean i remember um anytime they would go on tour we'd see him in phoenix vegas bakersfield irvine san diego whoa you know whatever a- anywhere else um it just Hit all the stops in the Southwest. So now we're talking ninety four five ish. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's when Vitalogy came out. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that one fucked me up in the best way. Vitalogy to me was something on another level. Okay, so now you're in Phoenix, and you're following Pearl Jam around, and I'm I'm fucked up because Vitalogy is so great. You know what? On a break. We're going to take a break here. Oh, gosh, we should take a break. I'm going to find that record. I have it. It's in a, it's in a bin here under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going to take, I'm going to find it. I got to, right. like, dig past the Christmas tree. I got to dig back some <laughs> empty suitcases. But I am finding that fucking record. Let's do it. let it all right tonight. Leave my money down. So the story goes is sponsored by Gensler Amplification. Now, last year when all my gigs dried up because of COVID, I started to live stream from my house and I got the Acoustic Array Pro, which is an incredible amp. It's super mobile, it's super balanced sound. I started to live stream to Facebook with the Acoustic Array Pro, and I couldn't have been happier. GenslerAmplification.com. That's G-E-N-Z-L-E-R Amplification.com. And now back to the podcast. I'm happy to report that I did find the Vitology record. Breaking news. Breaking news. It's a CD, though. It's not a record. Right, right. It's a CD, but it is one of the most kind of, um, especially at the time, uh, the texture, it has gold, you know, kind of inlay. Like you say, it has handwritten lyrics, these kind of random bits of poetry and, and photos. It's really it it reminds me of it reminds me of those um uh Radiohead records with the like super abstract art. I mean this is a it's really an incredible it's an incredible it's an incredible CD. If you are a Pearl Jam fan and you don't have this record, you're not a Pearl Jam fan, yeah, right? Yeah, there isn't there isn't any 
I would say there there's probably no Pearl Jam fans that don't have don't this have record. this record because it it was at this the sweet spot of everything right the sweet spot of CD sales the sweet spot I feel of their career um, I mean just all this crazy random shit what a beautiful piece of work um, I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it up on my uh, hall of wall of fame um, <laughs> so I had a couple questions have you ever been to the Experience Music Project in Seattle? No. I was just in Seattle a couple weeks ago, and they have this huge Pearl Jam exhibit. Bro. Listen to me now. <laughs> Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> As a Pearl Jam fan, it is so in-depth. It is so... there's. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I probably have seen them maybe half a dozen times. Um, uh, to be co completely honest, I, I kind of lost interest after this record. Yeah, that's, that's common. Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Yield, I don't have Yield. I, don't, I literally have no records after this, Vitalogy. That was their third record, and it's almost, do the math, 30 years old? Probably, yeah, I think 1994, so. 1994, I would I think say. So. There's, probably, there's probably three, maybe four records after that that are like really good. And then I lost interest. Okay. I so haven't heard the. I, I, you went, you were, you stayed in longer than I did. Yeah. I still, I'll still go see them. I actually, I would go see I them. had tickets. I had too many tickets to see them last year. They're supposed to come in April. Oh, God. And, uh, my fan, my one fan club buddy, bro, who I'm remains in. is like front and center, but he's got you know his seat filled. So oh. I got the worst tickets, like the very back. Like if you're in the arena, it's not even like you're in the parking like lot? in the back. It's like on the side, obstructed view, yes, right back back row, yeah, against the ceiling. Like I have what happened? Four tickets. I don't know, man. I felt. You fell off. I fell far. Yeah. But uh, I have four tickets. Cost a million dollars. Did you buy them at a Circle K? Like, how would, you, how would you end up with this? The guy said, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I got them online. But like, there's like all these text messages. Everybody's like, oh, can you get me a ticket? Oh, wait, I'm going with so-and-so. No, wait, never mind. That fell through. Can you get me? I'm like, oh, God. So I, I bought too many tickets. Yeah. I dropped like $600 in tickets. Yeah. And then, like, nobody paid me. They were like, oh, yeah, the show got canceled or it got postponed. So it's like, bro, I'm in. They're going to reschedule like next year. So I'm, I'm like, in. oh, two years? I'm <laughs> two crazy years. in. I don't care. All right. I'm crazy. If you, want, in. if you want the worst seats, but they're next to me, you know, let's, 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 do let's it. hang out. Let's do it. I was just having a conversation uh, with Adam Armijo uh, just about this. It's about, I will no longer, I will pony up the bread to be close. I've gone to, I've done GA enough. Mm. I've done standing room only. I've been on the lawn. I don't want that anymore. Mm. I will pay good money, hard earned American greenbacks to get close. I want that VIP shit. So I'll tell you, I went and saw a show in Bakersfield. Um, and it was like we were, we were like just so broke. 
um, we couldn't afford a hotel. So we drove out there at, at two in the morning. So none of us slept. We actually, uh, there's a Macy's in, ba- in Bakersfield. And uh, myself and I think uh, four of my buddies were all in this hatchback. We drove out there and we just went into the bedding section in Macy's. Oh, no. <laughs> Took some naps. Dude, we did. Napped it up. And uh, it's got to be pretty embarrassing for the lady that works in retail <laughs> in Macy's to have to like wake up a grown-ass man <laughs> who's sleeping in like the display bed. But we're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know you can sleep. Oh, sorry. And we just like... Is this a Tempur-Pedic? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the market. Let me just... I'm just going to sleep for like four or five hours. <laughs> we got... This is what I do. Like realistically, we got like an hour, hour and a half of sleep, maybe... And then we're like, no, guys, we can do it. We went to Denny's. We got like coffee and breakfast. Moons over my hammy. Are you Bro, moons over? Uh, I am. Oh, yeah. I am. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. It's a classic. You got it. Come on. And then we ended up, you know, because the show is like not till night. We had all the day to waste and we had nowhere to go. <laughs> the show so is we, not till night. <laughs> <laughs> so, you mean they weren't doing like a brunch hit? So strange. Weird. Wow. Uh, they're not very accommodating. <laughs> But but we got, we found this hotel. Uh, we got in through the gate, and we just ended up like pretending like we stayed there, and we hung out by the pool all day oh, and great. took naps. Yeah. So whatever, if you want, you don't have to pay money for lodging or whatever. You just pretend like you walk around with confidence, yeah. and you can yeah, do like, whatever you want. Yeah, like wear the towels. I'm, I'd like to you know, go to the pool. I forgot a towel in my room. Do you yeah. have an extra one? Thank yeah. you so much. <clears throat> and then that. you take yeah. a nap. So we did that. And then we finally end up at this Coliseum in Bakersfield. It's like 65,000 people. And uh, all we know is like we're in like row like double, I think it was like double J or something like that. And we're like, oh, great. We're like waiting. We're way in the back. So when they finally let everybody in, we walk in and we just keep walking closer and closer and closer. And like double J is like literally like 10 rows back or whatever, like dead center. And so they're playing... um, this isn't like a Pearl Jam concert, uh, podcast, so I'm sorry. Like, but they're playing "Elderly Woman," yeah. and there's a there's a part where he's like, "I just want to scream hello," right? And the lights come on, and everybody puts their hands up, and they like literally wave hello. Uh-huh. It sounds cheesy, but we're like in the front, and we I turn around, and there's like sixty three thousand people behind me like waving hello, crazy. And I was like, it's worth it to be in the front. Yeah, like, yeah, the whole yes. thing is worth it. Yeah, yeah. We should uh, we maybe maybe Pearl Jam will sponsor this podcast. I think it's highly likely. <clears throat> I might know a guy. You 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 got a guy? You got? A guy? <laughs> I don't. But probably one of the funniest things ever was like uh, there's a documentary on Pearl Jam. I don't even know what it was, but it was like they like interviewed Stone Gossard and they like go into his basement and he's like, oh yeah, I got a bunch of shit down here, and he like like lifts up this like old magazine and there's like a dusty Grammy trophy underneath it. He's like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, please. Oh, I just happened to find this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well played, sir. Okay. Um, so the, the EXP, you should definitely go. I don't know how long that particular exhibit is going to be there, Mm. but as a Pearl jam fan, it's an easy flight, bro. It's like a three hour flight. I got a buddy up there. He owns a bar. Get your food and 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 sauced up, and you go to the EXP and geek out. Anyway, 
I can sleep in a Macy's. It'll work. Clearly, you're flexible about where you sleep, so you, <laughs> everything will be fine. Um, I want to go back, though. Um, so you are exposed to a bunch of great music. You, your father is encouraging you to listen uh, to music. He made you some mixtapes. You have siblings who are bringing new music kind of into the house that is outside of, you know, as you say, Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. And um, when did when did you pick up an instrument? When did that process start? I actually, uh, I became obsessed with the drums first. Yeah. So uh, I remember... The video for November Rain with yeah. Guns N' Roses, yeah. it keeps cutting to like Matt Storm and he's like, do, 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 do. And it's like the same fill like yes. for every change. Or yes. So I was like, that looks really cool to yeah. do. And so I actually just, I I built the most ghetto drum set for myself. Nice. Um, you might, okay, if you go to the grocery store, you buy ice cream, it usually comes in a half gallon. Yeah. But sometimes you got like a big family, they'll buy the full gallon ice cream. It's a big tub. It's a big tub, yeah. Big tub. Yeah. So I started with that. That was like my floor tom mm-hmm. and then also my snare. Uh, I had containers for whatever for my toms. Um, I used skewers with paper plates and I made cymbals and a hi-hat. And I would just sit in front of the TV and mimic play with chopsticks i'd play on my with chopsticks my fake kit yeah, yeah. and so i did that actually and you were 25 <laughs> i was 25 years old <laughs> no how old were you <laughs> i was probably like 10 well like november probably, rain pro- yeah uh, honestly probably between like like 10 and 13 i literally yeah. played on tubs and paper plates yeah like some you know backwater whatever yeah. hey no but baby you were diy before that was a thing but what's funny is uh like my 13th birthday, my mom bought me an actual drum set Glorious. and she freaked, she freaked out because I sat down and I literally knew how to play it. Right. Cause you've been practicing. Cause I'd been practicing for three years. Right. My parents were like, what the hell's going on with this kid? Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I just started out like real quick. So from 13, I played drums. Um, I, I'd always like kind of played the guitar. My, uh, my older sister had started playing the guitar. She was like learning chords and learning songs and stuff. And, uh, um, I'm like a really visual learner. So yeah. if I see you do something, I can sort of imitate that. And uh, I would watch her practice and just see the shapes her fingers were making and stuff. And, uh, you know. When, and she was what, trying to play Metallica at that point? or Yeah, she's like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Whoa. like whatever. Heavy um, broad. She, dude, she played this... Uh, turquoise crackle paint washburn guitar it was like that was my first guitar visit was a washburn dude it's like i mean it's, it's ultra yeah it's like it's like kind of a shredder guitar uh-huh. uh I, electric yeah oh it was a washburn electric electric yeah. got you okay that's that was above my pay grade i had an acoustic <laughs> she she had this thing it's like if you watch like a slaughter video like uh <laughs> that's like what they're playing no shit yeah so i'm like oh what's this and so uh i'd watch her you know make these shapes and stuff and i'm like oh cool and then like i just totally burst her bubble like a family would come over and be like oh do you want to check this out i learned this and i would just play all the songs that she had worked hard learning yeah and uh but anyway like uh, did you ever collaborate with her 
not not really. Um, we probably should have. We always talked about like I had like drums in my room and she had a guitar in her room, and so right. you would think at some you point jam. you would like move the guitar into, into the, drum the drum room. room. Yeah, never happened. Hold on. It's so weird. So was it maybe because you guys were so close in age and it was like, no, I need my thing, you need your thing, and, and good luck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, we're both very competitive, uh-huh. my sister and I. Um, we're super close now. Yeah. Uh, growing up was like, it was very competitive. Sure. So you're fighting for the same airspace, basically. Yeah. You know, and you're almost the same age. And I mean, I think she would say the same thing. Like, right. why didn't why didn't you ever move your guitar into my room? I have no idea. Right. Uh, right. But trying I would, to, trying I would to, sneak in and play her guitar when well, she wasn't looking, and that's how I learned how to play guitar. Well, and and you guys probably wanted to create your own identities. Yeah, absolutely. And, and be separate and excel at that one thing. Anyway, I just find this the whole sibling relationship fascinating. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. Like, um, I remember. We went on a camping trip one time, my family, and uh, I had a drum pad, yeah, which is like a practice pad. Yeah, yeah, which is the least exciting. It was the I, thing. I got one, I got one too, because I started on drums and I was like, dude, nope, fuck so this. <laughs> like, dude, I'd rather I mean, play a tub of fucking ice cream. Exactly, it has exactly. more tone. Exactly. I had a, a drum pad, and I'm like, oh, tat 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 tat, whatever, cool. <laughs> And my sister brought the brought her acoustic guitar and like and she crushed it, dude. We had a campfire and she yes. she played uh, four non blondes. What's going on? Oh god, don't please don't hum it. Otherwise, no, it's no, gonna no, be no. in my head forever. I won't. Oh, thank you. But she played it and like I remember like everybody was just like whoa, and I'm like oh yeah, check out this. This is called a paradiddle. Yeah, you're like hold on, listen real close. I'm gonna play this drum pad real real sweet, and they're like, sorry, we can't hear you over yeah, the fire. I, I don't. Uh, why don't you play some more four non blondes? <laughs> uh, so, so you kind of like you're stealing moments with this guitar. You're a teenager, mm-hmm. and when do you start to craft your own tunes? Uh, yeah. So it's it's really weird. Like, um, I feel like around that around that time, I play drums every single day. Yeah, probably at least three hours a day. My neighbors hated my guts. Did you play? I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you play like in the school band? No. So everywhere I moved, I was always like, oh, I want to play drums. And they're like, oh, drums are full. We have an opening for the trombone. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll play that. And no shit. Uh, we, we have an opening for the viola. Okay, I'll play that. This Can is I, talking about within Arizona that just, you're moving. Just, yeah. Like, so just like moving yeah. school district or whatever. Yeah, so just as I was growing up, like that's kind of like how it went. So I always like kind of wanted to, and then it wasn't until I was just like, I'm just gonna do it myself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I learned that way. And so then being a drummer, you're kind of in demand. There's not a there's not a ton of us. So right. like, other musicians were coming in. Um, coming into what? Into into my house. Okay. So my room was really small. I had to move into the master bedroom with my parents. Wait, bed. what? Yeah, I moved my drum set into the master bedroom, and we had we had a a ba- like a full stack bass rig, a PA system, and at least four or five guitar stacks. Like, I was probably what? playing in like three to four different bands in high school. Mm-hmm. 
I was one of like two drummers in high school. So uh-huh. like, which high school? Uh, Cactus Shadows up in um, like Cave Creek in the in the so shadow of like the cactus. Yeah, Phoenix. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. in the shadow of the cactus. <laughs> but yeah, so like every single day there was like another Cave group, yeah, another cool. group of people like coming in. Wow, and just playing, and it was just constant. Like my my, my parents were just like. They were really supportive and they were great yeah. for letting me use their bedroom you know, to do this. But all my other friends like came in to learn how to play. We had all this gear. Right. You know, like you got, I mean, gear is heavy, dude. You don't want to yeah. move it. No. You Especially move, back then. Yeah. You move it in and you're like, cool, this we got it, it set up. This is where it's going to live. Can I, can I leave this here? Yeah. Right. Yeah, man, you can leave it here. And then like. <laughs> I like that you winked at me. Yeah. When you, <laughs> no one's going to know. <laughs> Brian with a Y just winked. <laughs> Yeah, bro, you can wink. You can leave it here. I won't touch it. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my non-musical friends would come in and they would, they'd be like, "Oh, what's this? Oh, that, that's a bass guitar. Like, fucking try it out. Yeah, let's just like play something. Yeah. And so like, one of my buddies would come in. He he learned Spoonman by Soundgarden. No shit. Every day after after school, dude, it was just like. Spoon That's it. Every single day. He knew, he knew one riff. He would like He would stand on the amp and like jump off and like spill oh, whatever you know, oh, yeah. crazy. And I'm just like, yeah. li- just living a rock and roll. Go, dream. dude. Like, yeah. but that's like like every single day. But yeah, like so that's kind of where it started. Uh and um This is right after school. Right after school, every single day, uh, like mean, three to six, three to six until whatever. Um, that's like, yeah, that was like that was life for for years, and so I think like during that time, I uh, I got an acoustic guitar and uh, I just started like, I had no aspirations to shred. I have right. no aspirations to learn scales or solo or any of that stuff. I only wanted to write. Yeah. I was like, oh cool, like let's make more songs so I can I can play drums too. You can have it if you really want it. You can have it if so the story goes is sponsored by my friends at Santan Brewing Company. Located in Chandler, Arizona. Come on. Local heroes. Now it's hot out there. And may I suggest, the next time you need to cool down, you pick up some Santan beers. Now, let's see what we got here. Mm. What is this? This. This. Mm. It's the Juicy Jack. It's Juicy Hazy IPA. Mm. This is the juice that you need when you're sitting by the pool. Check them out. They got a bunch of great beers. Santanbrewing.com for more information. Do the right thing. When did you switch from drums to a guitar? It was almost like simultaneous. Like I just, uh, I don't know, maybe like around like 14 years old, I started actually like learning. Uh, I've had a guitar since I was like seven years old. And so like, but like I learned like, a couple metallic it's not like nothing else matters it's all open it's all really easy um but probably when well, i was the, like the the truth of it is though uh is that nothing else matters it is it's it's a fact 
I didn't get that other dimension what they were talking about, but it's real. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, like when I was like fourteen, I uh, I really started picking up like power chords, and I started hearing things a little differently, structures. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I was I was kind of a I'm I don't know. Come on, spit it out. You um, I was it. kind of a little shit. I would okay. go to the grocery store and open up Guitar World and be like, oh, there's like tabs for this song. And I would like tear rip it the out. Ter- rip the tear. I would be like, tear the rip. If, if I couldn't, if I needed to like look at it at home, I would like take it out. Yeah. Um, right, right. But I would leave the magazine open to like let the, let them know that let you them know damaged the goods. Because I don't want another guitar player to show up and be like, Wait, there's Wait, no man. tabs. Like, I spent two ninety nine like, on this. I'm mag. trying to like let you know I've I've taken. I it think and that's, I'm sorry. Pick another different. Pick I a think different copy. That's that. That's that good Catholic upbringing, <laughs> dude. I'm just like I'm sorry. I don't deserve. And you're just like saying how Mary's on the way out. I, I, yeah, hundred percent. And you like tear off a little bit of the paper and like eat it as communion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just um, all right, so, uh, so you start to write your own music in high school yeah yeah so i started to write my own songs uh i'd always been into poetry so I just kind of took some stuff some kind of stream of consciousness and yeah try to put it to a chord progression and uh now were you a singer at this time no I, i've dude i've always been it's probably like the biggest journey to go through to like accept your own voice yes and that's like so at the very beginning of this i was like yeah, I'm writing this so someone else can sing it. Like Interesting. I don't. I, I I've never thought of myself as a singer, and you never heard someone. So you never found a singer where you're like, "That's my guy." I mean, not early on. Like probably happened much later. Way later, like twenties. So you're thinking as a high schooler, high school student. Yeah, I'm gonna write. I'm going to write the text. I'm going to write the lyric. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write the melody even. Sure. And I'm just going to have someone else sing it. Sure. Well, look at Genesis. I mean, Phil Collins, right? Like, uh, he's a way better singer than me, but I mean, he he was writing songs and playing drums. Uh, Rush, same thing. Like, Neil Peart, sitting there playing drums. He writes all the lyrics, all the mm-hmm. melodies. Hmm. Someone else sings it. Did he really write all the melodies? I don't know if you wrote the melodies. I said that and I'm like, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Thank God we don't have a device. If you can only sing like three octaves higher, that'd be great, <laughs> that'd be Getty. Thanks, Getty. Anywho, I'll just be back here behind my wall of fucking tom-toms. Roto-toms, Roto-toms. Roto-toms. All right, so <laughs> you get you get through this, you get to, you get into college. You, you, what would you do, ASU? Uh, U of A, Tucson. Okay, and what'd you study down there? I had eight different majors. Wow. But I finally graduated with English Lit and Creative Writing. Cool. And that took you, that was a bachelor's? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to ask you how long it's <laughs> it four, because It was four and a half years. It's not that bad. No, four and a half. <laughs> That's better than me, actually. And obviously, playing some music down there, you bring a guitar, you're playing in the dorm room, trying to impress I was, the ladies. I played guitar a lot, um, like in private, mm-hmm. like in my dorm room and whatnot. Right. And uh, and yeah, like I actually lived in a co-ed dorm. So, you know, some 
some folks would want me to like come into their room and like play guitar yeah. and blah blah blah. But uh, I actually every show I got, I was I was a drummer, so I was always a drummer. They called me the octopus because I got these long arms. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's early early aughts, <laughs> early aughts. But uh, but it was fun, man. Like uh, we <laughs> we had a standing gig. I remember we had this gig at this bar. And uh, what was Tucson like back then? Uh, back in the 30s. No, de- when was pretty, it? Early, early 2000s, yeah. Pretty desolate. Yeah. It was cool, honestly. Like, you Let's, get through your first year, maybe two years when you can't drink. Right. And then once you're able to, like, get to the bars, yeah. you're like, oh, this place is great. Because there's so many artists. Yeah. There's, everybody's an artist down yeah. there. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can bump into anybody and they're, like, super interesting and awesome. And, yeah. uh, but we had this we had this gig it was every like tuesday night or whatever at this bar they paid us a uh, hundred bucks regardless of how many people we brought and so we're and an open bar tab okay that's all you need as a college kid yeah so we come on you're living the fucking dream like my roommate would show up it would be like one <laughs> one guy show up oh to the uh, one fan would show up one person would show up i thought you meant to in in the band Oh no 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 no! Like the band would show up. It was a thirteen-piece band. It was, <laughs> but there was one. We dude. would just like get wasted, and like my roommate would be like, "Good, Good job, job, guys! Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> see you back in the room." We're like, "Oh, you can. I'll go, I'll buy you a beer. Don't worry, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'll sneak you. A that beer. was it, man. That was that was college. You know what? Let's take a break. Jesus, see how quickly this goes. We're already. It does, it does go fast. Let's take just, just just a short little Johnny here. Sure. And then I want to talk about it'll be all right. Yeah. I sure. mean, we, we're going to have to skip some shit. That's fine. <laughs> we can skip zero to seven, <laughs> zero to zero to 23. Uh, we're going to take a break. Um, and then we're going to talk about your song. It'll be all right. And uh, that's it. Feel my crooked fangs. I'm turning pages over Feels like it's starting again I'm going down so quickly I'm going down But it'll be alright I, 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 I It'll be alright I, 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 I Take a minute I've been staring at the ceiling too long Staring ever idle I should be already gone Lights are guiding me home My head is finally clear Not to be confusing But I'm anywhere but here Oh, but here We listened to uh, Vitalogy on the break still holds up oh my god it's so good and we only got like three four songs in though dude and i did we didn't even hear my favorites uh nothing man is killing corduroy satan's bed underrated yep immortality oh that's my favorite track spin the black circle is one of my favorites that's the second tune um 
it's just a it's a, it's just a it's just a fucking it's a work of art the whole thing the packaging um anyway this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> pearl jam <laughs> i love it i don't get to talk like most of my friends here in town don't don't didn't have that experience or whatever i'm kind of on the older end of the spectrum of a, of 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 a lot of my musician friends and they kind of miss the grunge thing but that shit hit hard how do you miss the gr- there there's like it's just an age thing i was talking to my buddy john the other day because he he literally lived in seattle uh during that time on the water he had a place like like uh sleepless in seattle like that kind of place Hmm. like on the water uh in seattle from like 90 to 94 and uh oh my god i'm like you know there's there's an argument like if you if you're hanging out with your buddies and you're like okay if you could go back in time Mm -hmm. to any place and time Mm -hmm. where would you go Mm -hmm. and people may stay like they may say like, "Oh, like I'll go to Woodstock '69, mm-hmm. or I'll go to Hayden Ashbury in San Francisco mm-hmm. in the '60, or whatever." And that's all valid, but like Seattle early '90s is a valid answer. Would and it be that dude that, did it? Oh my god, did he really? Though he went to shows. He and, did. He was like every day. I was at. I was at. I, I, I saw everybody. Oh my god, it's it's crazy. You have to go to EXP, by the way. I will. You have to. You have to promise me. I will. I do. You want a pinky swear? I think we probably should. Okay. Pinky swear. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I had to like level up. Oh, okay, have you, we'll, go to, we'll go pinky swear. That's what I know. Have you, um, have you been to Seattle before? I have, yeah. Okay. I'm telling you. We're going to make a nice little weekend for you. Mm. Someone's going to watch the kids. You Sleep in that Macy's bed. Come on, man. Satin sheets. Perfect. What's the thread count on these sheets? Well, I don't know, but there's like 17 2, pillows on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, can, you can use them however you want. You can just, I just buried, I just burrowed <laughs> underneath all of them. <laughs> and somehow this nice retail lady, like Mar- uh, Margaret, showed up uh, and she Margaret was like, Excuse was... me, sir, you can't sleep. Oh. You're like, But I'm in the market. Sorry. So this is a nice bed. She's all like, but... considerate. <laughs> Can I have your card? I'm going to call you, okay? I'm going to call you. I'll come back. I'm, I'm going to come back. after. I'm going to the Pro Jam concert, but I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to pick up this Tempur-Pedic. Thank you so much. I needed this. I'm coming back. <laughs> Pinky swear. Um, let, uh, let's talk about, I mean, we have, to, we have to jump from college. Oh, please, yeah. Okay. To... It'll be all right. When did you write that song? I don't know. Okay. I wrote it. Next uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably wrote it uh, in maybe 2013, 2014. So a minute ago. What is it today? It's like 20, 2011 or 2021. <laughs> Can you edit that part out? <laughs> I, I, I know, I know what year it is, everybody. I'm not sure. I you know do. what year it is. I'm not sure. All right. So, but it was a minute, close to ten years, close to ten years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, somewhere around there. And you recorded it 
uh, initially with your band. I was in a band, yeah, called Factories. And so we recorded as a band. It was a three-piece, myself uh, on guitar and vocals, my wife on keys and vocals, and then our good buddy Duffy, who is kind of a wizard. He plays the synth. He wrote drum machine beats. He plays guitar. He does backing vocals. He does yeah. samples, loops, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was released with factories it was yeah mm-hmm. and um can you kind of just summarize w- what that band did wh- you know wh- where did you guys play yeah you know what was happening yeah so that was like uh so the band prior was called underwater get down and that was a really eclectic kind of six piece uh we we played all over the valley um and then that brand broke up and duffy my wife audra and i we were kind of like the quote unquote fun ones where we were like, let's just, I don't know, let's just try this thing and have fun, go fast. We'll write fast. Um, and so we played everywhere. We, we played, uh, you know, all the good places. Downtown Phoenix. Tempe. Yeah, Crescent Ballroom. Um, That's a sexy gig. Oh, yeah. Our CD release was at Crescent Ballroom. That was. What, uh, year, what, what, what year was this? I think it was like 2011. I want to say it was like 10 years ago. It's kind of on like my Facebook memories, but right, right. It was it was super fun. Like, uh, uh, yeah. It, honestly, it couldn't have gone any better. But to even get that gig, you have to have some sort of reputation in town. So we open. We were really connected with Stateside Records. So like, uh, yeah. Every band that came into town, uh, like electronic or indie or whatever, we were usually opening up. So like Youth Lagoon, um, Tori Moi. Uh, bands like that, we were always opening for those guys. So we were always playing like sellout shows at Crescent. But but this, but but can I just put this into space and time? Because at that particular moment, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was when the downtown Phoenix scene was starting to develop and be a spot on a tour. In other words, oh yeah, you know, bands from Coachella would stop, or because t- because at that time or before that time. Um, when Tempe kind of died out, they would skip Phoenix and go to Tucson. They would go to Tucson so every time. this is Crescent Ballroom is downtown Phoenix, mm-hmm. and that became a hub for independent touring artists, national acts. They had the space, you know, it's a 500 cap, uh, and um, they had a great sound system. They have a great sound system. And um, so it kind of put downtown Phoenix on the map you know absolutely it became a spot yeah because indies couldn't do let's say the marquee or celebrity theater or some of the bigger rooms we needed a a 500 person room Mm -hmm. in downtown to make artists stop in phoenix 100 percent. and how did you get connected with stateside I honestly have no, I have no idea. Uh, you must have been, you know, playing some shows that, was, that caught their eye or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Like it was like I think it was probably earlier that they just knew. Like in our previous band, we had rehearsed setting up, like because like setup time takes a while. With six people, with six people, we had a a six foot by six foot cube of amplifiers. We oh. had like I mean it was all kinds of crazy shit. So like yeah. 
we would rehearse setting up and breaking down wow. because we wanted to minimize the amount of time between bands. And I think that like in in doing that kind of thing, like that level of detail. Yes. I think like promoters and stuff yes. were like, oh, like these guys we, we we would call it we would call it PAF, like pro as fuck. Right. Like you want to show up and you want to be pro as fuck. Yeah. Like you want to blow people away. Like yeah. whoa, that band sounded way better than everybody else. Yeah. Like, and so we had everything dialed in. Um I'm sorry, I just need to pause you for a moment. Yeah. You practiced setting up oh, and tearing down. Dude, it was I it, want I want other musicians to hear this. It's grueling. We so we played okay. It was a six piece band. It was a drummer. We had a stand up drum in the crowd. Uh mic'd? Not mic'd, but it was like tribal. It mm-hmm. would get it would get yeah. It would get pretty crazy yeah. down there. We had like synthesizers, a synth guitar. Uh, I mean, I played an acoustic guitar and then a floorboard. So I played like, it's like a, it's just one octave of keys, but mm-hmm. you can play with your feet. Right. So low I, end. Yeah. I played low end with my feet. We had a bassist. Whoa. Audra was on double keyboards. She was singing. It was like, sounds it, like a we had a fucking party. Yeah. We had a French horn. We had all kinds of crazy. And so it's very complicated. And so the setup, right. we had like diagrammed out. We had, whatever like drawings yeah. yeah and so like stage plot yep input and so list. like we would like okay imagine like four full stacks of amps and like normally you stack the the like amps on top of each other yeah but we would like mix them all up but so in an like, organized way so like the bass cab was under the lead guitar yeah thing and then over here is the rhythm guitar and maybe another bass cab and maybe the leads over and here here's and the over head here. of the keyboard oh, cab oh and then the cab the the bass cab is down there and so someone has to connect the wires yeah to make sure that all the instruments are going through the right amps yeah and so that was my job so like we had drawings for it and so we would rehearse like okay you put the bass cab here and then you put this one amp of the guitar here and then that this you know the, number yeah, two over the there and, and then whatever oh my god and so we would rehearse that stuff and we would like tear we would show up to practice nor, like regular bands will show up to practice be like hey what's up man yeah, crack man. up on a beer yeah, cheers just, oh how's your day oh, yeah, cool yeah, yeah. all right let's start and then you go um with us we would show up and be like hey how's it going Bubba? okay tear it down like tear it down to when you're moving and then set it up and then you play oh my god and then you tear it down and then you set it up again that is a that is a crazy level i've never heard that before in my life it was it was probably overkill (laughs) yeah but but hold on but hold on the payoff was real but it was it was because as you know as a six-piece band on a multi-band bill that goes a very fucking long way it does you 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 show up, you know exactly what you're doing. There's no I mean, bullshit. We had a soundboard on stage, so Duffy handles, he has a soundboard on his thing. And would just send the uh, left and right? Just volume, yep, left and right. So the sound man doesn't really have anything to do. Totally control. Right. We know we're going to sound good. Right. You just have to tell us how it. loud you want it. That's it. That's your only, that's the sound man's only job. Like you work so hard, you work yes. so hard on it. Why yes. would you, 
relinquish. And this isn't anything. I sound. I mean, I've had sound men, sound people that have been amazing. Yes, uh, but, agreed. But there is a risk. Why that. waste the time? Just, just yeah. send them the f- goods. Just honestly, like most sound guys were just like, oh, that's it. Great. Sounds good. Sweet. I'll get right. it. I'll, I'll, I'll put the fader where it needs to be. Go ahead. Done. It was so easy. Yeah. So easy. All and right, you so, can play a dive bar. Yeah. You can play pl- uh, Crescent, Van Buren. You can play wherever you want. And it's the same sounds thing. The same. And it sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion. Um, that's lovely. Um, tell me about It'll Be All Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It'll Be All Right. Uh, because in the end, it'll be all right. It will be all right. Oh, it will? Is that the name of the song? It I will think, be all right? I think there's an apostrophe. Yes, I it's an IT apostrophe LL. It'll be all right. I thought. Yeah. Or do you want it to be, it will be all right? That's too no, much. No, it's way it's too, too much. formal. It's yeah, way, way too, too formal. formal. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that. We're not accepting a, a fucking uh, well, knighthood from the queen. <laughs> <laughs> not yet not yet let's qualify thank you this. thank you but no like uh so we released this before it was very electronic uh it was always one of my favorite songs um so for those that don't know like all every song we write uh starts out solo acoustic it's just like very minimal you and audrey yeah yeah so it's just very minimal audrey's a amazing at harmonies like yeah. she doesn't hear melodies she hears right. harmonies so yeah. you can be like can you harmonize she'll be like okay Go. And that's it right that's all that happens yeah um so we but the 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 contents of the band were that they were electronic and so we recorded it electronically uh this has been a really cool experience recording with you because i just get to experience the acoustic side and uh kind of like experience how it is in the raw sense of itself and right so right broken guess, down yeah stripped away you start with vocals and an acoustic guitar and then grow from there right and, uh, right i guess like some of the ideas behind the song like there's a lot of lyrical stuff like the opening line like you know it's just i think it just kind of takes the pressure off of everything like i just I just want to be a, t- a piece of time and space, mm-hmm. and that's all that. That's all that this is, mm-hmm. right? Like I um, did, did. Did did a lyric come first? What like what came first? Yeah, I remember honestly. I remember sitting on the floor uh, in my room and just playing this this chord structure that just. I mean, and you know the chords; they're super. They're pretty easy, and they all kind of go into each other. It's very simple, and I just started kind of just riffing on the words freeforming a little and I bit literally just i had a computer next to me and i just wrote line by line i, I think of scenes i think of mm-hmm. scenes in mm-hmm. life and yeah. then i write them down and so mm-hmm. like you need to catch an airplane and i'm looking out the window at you we should be together we should be yeah and that's that, that's lyric and so like you know audra and i have we've been together for a very long time we yeah. did long distance relationships and stuff and uh so I would have to like take her to the airport and mm-hmm. watch her, mm-hmm. fly, watch her go, watch her fly away, and yeah. it's like a difficult thing to do. And so right. you're, when you're, le- when when someone you love is leaving in the airport, you're like, you're at the window, 
you're watching the plane right you're like tracking on the run on the runway and then you right. see it take off and it's like always sort of like for me anyway uh it there is there's like snapshots there's like mm-hmm. photographs it's mm-hmm. like a diary entry so it's like i may not feel that way about whatever thing like right this second but like right. in the moment that i felt it um i did and like it's just for it's, sure it's very good to like just put it down and just it's cathartic s- and just say what it is that you were feeling you know? right right and uh then to put it to music is like so much it's so it's it's even better and then to have it's super gratifying oh man and then to have people harmonize with it and have yeah. people sing along with it it's yeah. like even better and then this this whole thing with you has just been like super exploratory where it's like right I've always been in these in, in these bands and they've been wonderful. Like I love everybody and every part of it. I have no yeah. regrets, but I've never taken a song from its impetus and sought it through on my own. Right. And that's that's the uncharted territory for right. me. Like that's that's the part that I'm still learning about. And so I'm like, well, what happens if we put a flugelhorn on this thing? <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck a flugelhorn is, but you do. Uh, and I got a guy. I, you got a guy. <laughs> I have no idea, but like, <laughs> let's try it. Like, I don't know, but like, and then I can at least like yeah. evaluate and be like, mm, right. maybe not, or like, yeah, or, or whatever. But like, uh, right. I've I've never had that opportunity before. And right. that, that's the thing that's like so new and exciting for me is right. uh, seeing where it goes. This song has one of my favorite memories of it, like, Last year, I know, I know it was very difficult for you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it was very difficult for a lot of people, obviously, but I feel really horrible saying this, but I actually had a really great summer. Like, because I, I met you and, and I remember like, dude, like this is like, I mean, you know, people who know me well will know this is like my ultimate fantasy. Like we're just hanging out doing whatever and then having some drinks guitars get busted out somebody rolls out a guitar and it happens to be a really great acoustic space yes and that's true they lit candles and it was like john and laura know how to do it shout out to john and laura yes you guys are amazing yeah they lit candles the vibe was right there was it was you and uh (laughs) Kyle Phelan. Kyle Phelan. Shout out to Kyle Phelan. <laughs> was Chad Gregory there too? Yes. Shout yeah, out to Chad. Chad Gregory. Uh, and so I was like, I was like, oh my God, there's like musicians. I told Audrey, I was like, there's musicians here. <laughs> I, I'm so excited right now. I want to go, I want to go hang out with these guys. <laughs> and she's like, we got to put the kids to bed. I'm like, put kids? The, what kids? <laughs> put the goddamn baby monitor on. <laughs> We're jamming right now. So we're jamming. We're jamming. We're right jamming. <laughs> so like we go over to John and Laura's, and uh, I heard, I heard you were playing, you were playing your stuff, and Kyle was harmonizing with you, mm-hmm. like from across the room. Yeah. And I look over at this dude, and I'm like, "Bro, your harmonies are awesome." Uh, Audra goes over and tells him the same thing. Audra's like a harmony master. She's yeah. like, "Dude, you and me, yes." And uh, and then somebody somebody was like, "Oh, do you got anything you want to play something?" I'm like, "All right, I guess I'll just I don't know. I'll play this thing, I guess." <laughs> and so we we played. It'll be all right. And I remember as soon as we ended, Kyle's face like lit 
up. He yeah. was like, yes. Yeah. Starts yeah. clapping. And I'm like, yeah. that was the highlight of my summer. Like uh, that, that cool. night. Yeah. Just seeing like that, like where was this like, what? Like what? It was, a, it was, a, it was a listening room. It was a house concert. Oh my God. It, it was, it was a completely safe space and there was no pretense. There was no pressure. And, uh, y- you know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, that was, a, I, I, to be honest, that, that was, a, I do remember that night, uh, very well. And I wish we could do more of those and we should, we should definitely convince John and Laura to, to, uh, have us over more often. But, um, those, those moments, those experiences, those environments, that's what I miss. That's what I crave. You know, getting friends together and making music. That was honestly like the the best part of <laughs> my crazy COVID summer <laughs> was was just was music, man. I right. haven't I haven't played in a, in a long time, and yeah. it was like my reintroduction to it. Yeah, it was amazing. That's, well, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of this tune, and I uh, just got a shout out. Uh, Todd Shuba playing percussion and Mario Mendeville and Danny Doyle's on trumpet. Uh, your wife, Audra, um, and you and your song, man. And, and yourself. Well, thank you. I didn't do much, but um, it was <laughs> it was fun to piece it together. And I hope that we can uh, record more music together. I hope that we can share, uh, share more living rooms together. <laughs> and uh, I just appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this podcast. It's, it's always a pleasure hanging with you. And thank you for uh, coming over. Dude, thanks so much for having me. All right, Brian. Cheers, brother. Cheers, dude. There's a little bit more whiskey in that bottle, so we should have another taste, but appreciate you. Cheers. Cheers.